and welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Joan Pettit. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. And I just noticed I've been doing that rote for so long that we've deleted the People's Republic part. How many weeks ago has that been? And I've just never noticed. Several months. <laughs> Several months. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and we've been waiting for you to notice, Aaron. <laughs> so <laughs> this, has been one this is the show where we bring you somewhat irreverent conversations about the script we have and how it changes, <laughs> as well as the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Now I got to read this <laughs> verbatim. Like I've got to be really careful. We cover bicycling, trains, and transit infrastructure, adventures, and no bike hacks. And no I life didn't hacks. want Brock to notice. And, and today, we're, today, we are talking <laughs> with Jenna no Phillips. No one tell Brock. <laughs> I wonder if he listens. I'm sure he does. He's got so much other things going on. Hey. Look, look if he's listening and he doesn't respond to the No. If he doesn't respond to this, we'll know he's not listening. Anyway, what would be great is if like <clears throat> months and months down the road or even like a year or so down the road, like we get a response from him like, yeah, just catching up and I caught this. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that, I'm going to read that whole late? thing all over again. Not not the whole thing, just the, that line there. Well, who are we talking with? Who are we yeah. talking with? <laughs> We're talking with Jenna Phillips about her glorious bike propaganda. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Where um, I just uh, sort of became aware of Jenna's uh, content that she's been creating for TikTok and then sharing on other platforms in about the past month or so, and reached out to her. And um, I'm pretty excited to talk to her about the kind of biking she's doing and the stuff she's making because, you know... Aaron, as you have I and discussed in some recent episodes, there are people younger than us, apparently, um, who are... I am vaguely yeah, aware that there are people younger than me. <laughs> yeah, and some of them are adults, interestingly. That's that's depressing. That's the part that's, yeah. Because that means and, I, have uh, to, I have to consider myself an adult now. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Dead some air. of those other folks are creating <laughs> some good stuff in places yeah. where we don't hang out, you know? So, so we'll find out what they've been up to. Do you ever feel like there's this platform, right? That, that kind of is, is it's, it's the, what the kids are doing. Like, do you ever feel some pressure to like be a part of that platform? I don't know if I feel pressure. I think I feel some curiosity, uh-huh. uh, like, Snapchat was never one I got on, but you know, where I heard about TikTok was from Armando and we were just like oh, uh, a few years ago. As, you know, yeah. Right. He's so. as old as the Hills. And um, let's see if he listens. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he, he and I were at some bar pre pandemic and I was just like, 
what is it? And he was like, no, it's great. It's just like the old vine. It's just like cute, fun videos. And then I realized that, uh, yeah. So for, for folks who aren't familiar with it, basically, if you, if you get on TikTok and you start liking things that you like, it, it figures you out pretty quickly. So their algorithm Mm -hmm. is like almost conscious. Well, I mean, it is calculating. I mean, yeah, it wants to give you what you want, right? So uh, I've never even set up an account there or anything. And I go, you know, and I, it's like a, early in the pandemic, I think I was going in a little bit more often. If you're on there long enough, it shows you a video or it stops and it says, have you been on here for too long? Should you take a break? Oh my gosh. And you're like, yeah, yes, I should. Okay. I remember this is very shameful. The old Nintendo Wii's used to do that. It's. Like after a while, it would say like, hey, maybe it's time to take a 10-minute break. But then you just click it, past it anyway. It's like how when Netflix says, are you still there? And you realized you've just watched like 10 episodes of a show without moving or touching the screen. <laughs> oh, that one, that one feels the worst, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you still watching? Oh, man. Yeah. Well, listen, I want to share something kind of cool. We're a few months late to noticing this. So uh, we had a very nice review on iTunes from, uh, well, it didn't say from Emily Guys, but I mean, the username, it was either Emily Guys or somebody pretending to be Emily Guys. (laughs) And it was really nice. And so I'm going to share it. Uh, it said, keeps getting better. The last few episodes have been some of the best yet. I'm loving the interviews with diverse viewpoints and styles of writing. Great to hear Sprocket highlighting all the awesome writers and events of the Pacific Northwest. So thanks so much to Emily for that. You know, anytime I listen to another podcast, they say how much reviews help. So I think they help us (laughs) too. Uh, And so, you know, that was great. But also it's just really nice, you know, to see when stuff we're doing is resonating with people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd like to. And Emily is great. And Emily's. Yeah. Actually, that's somebody whose opinion I think uh, I would value very much. Mm -hmm. I'd like Mm -hmm. to think I, I don't necessarily do this for any real feedback, but feedback's nice to have anyway. Yeah, I was just, I was like, why do we do this? And then I'm like, oh, maybe that's better off. Oh, we, like, we're going to open that can episode. of worms on the air? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. Just uh, move on. Okay, so you have <laughs> yes. you have a a correction. I do have a correction to to correct, to, to state. <laughs> uh, so last episode... With Ramon. Uh, with Ramon and Armando. I introduced it as the All Latino episode of The Sprocket. Um, and I mentioned that uh, just that past Friday was our was Mexican Independence Day. And actually, I didn't know this until after the recording, but a lot of Latin American countries uh, mark that as a Independence Day as well. Uh, Guatemala being one of them. Um, and then, uh, yeah. I, who was it? Uh, this restaurant in the Pearl called uh, Republica uh, t- did a big post about about it. Anyway, uh, so I said it was Friday. It was actually Thursday. 
So if you happen to catch that before this episode airs, congratulations. Uh, your prize is not in the mail because I don't have a prize. It's it's the pride of being knowledgeable and or yes. connected perhaps yes. to, to that history. Some, yes, yes. So I didn't, I hadn't realized it was all Latino. That's great. Yeah. That's great. How am I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think any of us did until I said something. <laughs> and then you sort of all looked around and you're like, whoa, how oh, often yeah. does this happen? <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're everywhere, well, man. Even if we don't know it. Even <laughs> Oh, and actually that reminds me of the other really nice bit of news yeah. that I wanted to share. And that is that bike pock. The group of folks who, uh, like you and Armando, have both been involved with. I'm trying to find the news item that I saw about this. Um, basically, they they just won an award. Here it is. Um, oh. Bike Park Northwest won. Did they win an Alice? One of the, they won an Alice, which is amazing I'm, yeah i'm silently freaking out you guys can't hear this because it's silent no but, it's nice to see it's guy. nice to see just his fade just a huge smile just That's yeah awesome. so i heard this first through bike portland and for folks who don't know um the alice awards are awards given out by a local organization called the street trust and they have three winners uh Outgoing Metro Councilor Bob Stacy, Oregon State Representative Con uh, Fam. I don't know how you say her name, so apologies if I've gotten that wrong. And then um, Bike Park Pacific Northwest or Northwest, and they received the Elizabeth Jennings Graham Transportation Justice Award, the inaugural award, um, for their leadership in actively creating a brave space for BIPOC folks to ride bikes, build community, forge lifelong, friend, lifelong friendships, and challenge the status quo. They do this while upholding themselves accountable for behaviors that may replicate, uphold any and all forms of oppression. BIPOC uh, Northwest co-founders Will Cortez, Silas Anderson, and Suko, I don't know how to say Suko's last name. I'm sorry, Suko. They formed the cooperative in early 2021, and it has grown quickly. Um, we appreciate their investment in creating a new, vibrant, and inclusive community for bike park cyclists in the Portland metro area through organized rides, such as the Chingona and Party Pace rides. Yeah, and we've had, you know, a bunch of those folks on the podcast this spring, too. I'm glad they mentioned the Chingonas. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so that was really, that's so, you know, congrats to them. And it's, it's. I think one thing as an outsider, it, it was, it's so clear that they, uh, that there was like this gap and this need that they were filling based on like the enthusiastic response to it. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show. Maybe I have. And so I apologize if this is repeating. Uh, I did not realize the way I act in uh, group rides, for lack of a better term, regular group rides uh, is very different than how I act at, at a bike park ride. And I I think a lot of it is internal because uh, it's very subtle. And it took me a while to, to realize what that was. And the word that came to mind was deference. Like I have a lot mm. more deference for other people in a ride that's not a bike park ride, you know, uh, I feel 
not that I'm not a participant in in like say a pedal palooza ride or anything, but I feel much more of a participant in a bike park ride. Uh, and like a, a lot of pedal palooza rides, I definitely, depending on like the type of ride it is, I definitely feel more like a, a, a an observer or a, a, a um, follower, uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, follower or or uh, uh, a spectator mm-hmm. less than a, a participant. Um, and I didn't realize that until I was in that space. <laughs> well, that's, that's really interesting. And you, I mean, whether it's in biking or not, right? Like around here, there's not necessarily a ton of opportunities for you to be in spaces like that. Right. Is that fair to say? I, w- I would say so. so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, like it's very subtle and in, and I didn't, it's like you you can't know what you don't know, right? And and I didn't realize it until, you know, like I'm around people who who look more like me. And then even even that subtlety or that camaraderie, uh uh it, it sort of peeled away this layer of deference that I didn't even know was there. That's really interesting and this is not analogous but i definitely uh but but similarly if i'm on group rides with only other women or women and you know trans or non-binary folk that feels like a very different kind of environment and atmosphere for me uh than rides especially because most big rides if they're not specifically for women or women and you know trans and non-binary folks, then there's often a lot of men there, which is fine, but it's, it's a super different atmosphere to show up to a ride of, you know, yeah, people, people like me. So yeah, it's good to be able to have those experiences. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, if folks, I don't know, I don't know why I want to spin this around and say, if, if folks haven't had that experience, you know, maybe organize some rides with, if you're a member of a non-majority community you know what does it mean to organize a ride like that yeah yeah do it and then tell us and then come on the <laughs> and then come on the show and tell us all about it and we'll have uh we'll have some more of this nice therapy therapy time <laughs> where we can process our That's feelings right. about it <laughs> right. the sprocket podcast where you can process your feelings where you can process your feelings as long as it's somewhat related to a bike ride <laughs> I tell you what, I had some feelings to process. Oh, yeah. Recently watched. Jenna's going to join us in just a minute here, I think. But uh, yeah, you know, I just saw. So we have this new uh, awesome pedestrian and bicycle bridge going in over the interstate in Portland. And I happened to see this is the Blumenauer Bridge going over oh, yeah. 84 and it's getting installed. They're going to close the interstate for for a weekend in a couple of weeks to put it in. And it's such an important it's going to be such an important new bike connection in, in a part of town that's kind of a tough spot to cross. And uh, so an article about it, just from a regular news source about the closure of the highway popped up in one of my social media feeds. And um, I I read the comments. Oh. Yeah. Look, not but to just, victim blame, but also like, oh, Joan. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know. But I think, and the thing is, I am, and, and it's not that I think that everyone in the world loves bicycling like I do, but just the 
just the volume of people who so clearly didn't understand why this would be a good thing, why this was not equivalent to building 10 lanes of highway, which wouldn't help anyway. I just was. Yes. Which doesn't help anybody. In fact, actively harms a lot of people. Yeah. And it was so dispiriting. And it's like, I know people sort of think that way, but just the pile on and pile on and pile on and just like a local news thing about the highway closing for a weekend to put in a bike bridge and just the cynicism and the negativity, that part I kind of knew, like people being like, it'll be covered in graffiti in a couple of days. Okay. So what? Like maybe some of it will be cool. (laughs) That's fine. Right. But just like, we don't need this. We don't need this. Nobody bikes. And it's like, and then they're like, well, you could, they could just ride there. And it was so, yeah, I don't know. I had to, I mean, yes, don't read the comments. I know, but also (laughs) it just made it seem like such an uphill battle. Yeah. Yeah. It is always disheartening. Um, yeah, I, I get it. Like, I don't, I don't mean to, to victim blame when I was like, Oh no, (laughs) why'd you read the comments? You know, cause I, there is, there's a little bit of like, I don't, I don't know what the the term is, but you know, like it's going to be kind of negative, but you can't not look at it anyway. Oh, like a kind of like rubbernecking or like kind of, yeah. Kind of rubbernecking. Like, like this happens, this happens a lot with, I'm not going to name the site, but there's a, there's a certain site where it was kind of legendary in, in, uh, and I think our circles where, you know, the comment section would get far out from where the original subject was. And it's just people arguing with each other. And there's, there's this sense of like, you know what it is when you go to read it and yet you find yourself reading it anyways, even when you know, like it's not going to do you any good and might even actually like, like give you a bit of uh, anxiety or, or angst in the day. Yeah. Make you feel bad and not in a way that's going to make anybody feel right. Also great idea for graffiti on that bridge is if somebody (laughs) puts in big letters, nobody bikes anyway. On that delightful note, I think Jenna's about to join us. Awesome. (laughs) Let's leave that there. (laughs) It's our guest. What a treat. Hello, Jenna. Hello. If you can just go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. My name is Jenna Phillips, also known as Jenna Bikes on TikTok. I am a senior software engineer by day and... The rest of the day, I spend biking around and making fun little videos. Well, so can you tell us about the kind of bicycling that you do? And you've obviously been riding bikes for a while. I mean, this is something that seems very well integrated into your life. It seems it would be hard to, I I don't think you're faking it. (laughs) (laughs) As there's a burly behind me. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I mean, I've never owned a car. Um, I always had older siblings that drove me around. I grew up in Idaho. Um, and, you know, biking was always a sport I did with my dad. Um, and it was truly biking as sport. Um, so he bought me my first like real bike when I came to University of Portland and have never left. Um, he got me a vintage Peugeot and it was 
so cool. And I was just like biking around campus and it was such a good feeling to just explore the city in a different way. And I've never really explored the city by car and I don't plan on it. Um, I just have always grown so attached to biking as transportation. Um, so, you know, I think it wasn't until truly I got an e-bike this summer that it became like the number one way I get around. Whereas before I kind of, you know, would bike to the max, bike to a bus and load it up. But, you know, it's really changed the way I live my life truly in a slightly strange way to put it, but it totally has changed my life. That's fantastic. So first I want to say you started out here with a super cool bike. Like that's awesome that your dad got you an old Peugeot. So cool. Like that's he so got it on Craigslist. Yeah. And it was a woman from Portland who had moved back from Idaho. And she said, you know, this is the perfect bike to bring back to Portland. And he was like, all right, sold. Like, nice. Cool bike. nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then, um, so what, like what motivated you? So let's talk about e-bikes a little, cause this is the thing that yeah. I, I want to get an e-bike soon. And, um, I talk a lot about how I'm getting an e-bike. I don't know when I'm actually going to get an e-bike, but <laughs> so did, like, what, what did you, what, what motivated you? How did you, how many did you try? You know, what did yeah. you end up getting? Yeah. It's, um, actually like quite the journey to find an e-bike because one, the price point is quite high. You don't want to just like buy one, maybe half use it, not use it, you know, and just have it sit. And it's like a couple thousand dollars, like it's an investment. Um, so I've been thinking about it for a while. Uh, my husband is quite the biker, but he's like very fast. And I was like, you know, I want to be, <laughs> I want to keep up with you and enjoy this, but it's not enjoyable. So I wanted something that was like lightweight, but could get me around and I don't need a throttle. I kind of like tick the boxes, what I didn't need. Um, and actually I, um, follow Marley and, um, Kaylee Kornhauser from all buddies on bikes and took their biking as a big person class. And, you know, they talked a lot about options for bigger bodies to move easier on bikes. And I was like, oh, this is a no-brainer. Like, I need to get an e-bike. Like, this is great. Um, so they really sold me on it, honestly. And I had ordered a bike, got back-ordered and back-ordered and back-ordered. And then a friend um, in the biking community, actually in Portland, said she was selling her Gazelle Citizen, less than a year old, super great bike, like really expensive, but she could get a really good deal. And honestly, it's great, great bike tons of options for gears and speed settings so it's kind of like you can really customize the type of ride you want which I really really like um yeah so it's really interesting that what you said about sort of I don't want to say keeping up with your husband but basically kind of leveling the playing field a little bit because we had in the spring we had on the podcast we chatted with Peter Flax who used to be the editor of like bicycling magazine and he said that, you know, years ago he was like sort of super snobby about it. And then, and now he's not at all. Now he's like, you know, every bike is, every person on a bike is a bike person. And I'm glad to see him. But something he said that was really interesting is that he's been on e-bikes because he's, I don't know how old he is, but he used to ride all the time and now he doesn't ride as much, but he can still do these like hardcore rides with his friends who are like, super in shape roadies and basically like, right. So it's like, 
he's in, he's, he's, he bikes all the time, but he's not, you know, I don't know, doing, so it's, it kind of levels the playing field. And it means that two people can go on a ride together on different kinds of bikes and still have, you know, you can be like, yeah, yeah, and still enjoy being together. Cause it's not just about, it's not like, it doesn't have to be competitive to ride. Yeah. If, you know. And so. I think I also am just like a hot person, like sweat all the time. So I'm like sweaty when we arrive somewhere. Like I just rode the same amount that my husband did, but he just looks fresh. I'm like, I can't <laughs> just be walking around like a, a sweaty mess. I'm tired. And you know, anytime we'd turn a corner and there would be like a hill, like on like the thirties greenway, like some of those hills, you're like, what the heck? And I would get so mad at him, even though he didn't plan the route, like <laughs> here, we're going up this hill, but you know, it was physically not fun for me. Um, and now, you know, like it is fun. I, I'm not scared what kind of street I'm going to run into or what kind of terrain, even though like there's not too much terrain, but just, it's, it's not a concern of mine anymore. Whereas before, you know, I, it made me really unhappy and kind of ruined the experience for me in a way. Um, cause I'm not trying to exercise all the time. Like sometimes I just want to get from point A to point B and not be a mess when I get <laughs> and not have to take a car to get there, or, yes. uh, you know, car share or whatever. That's yep. great. That is a really good uh, use case for, yeah. Sometimes you just want to get someplace and it's yeah. not exercise, right. Or not, you know, it's active, but yeah, you, you yeah. want to show up feeling a bit fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to be sweaty. I moved my body though. I'm not using my throttle the whole way, you know, like taking it, I'm moving, but I'm not exhausted, which I mm -hmm. needed. <laughs> so it sounds like getting the e-bike was a big turning point for you though. And thinking of yourself as a, as a person who bikes, right? Like, um... yeah, yeah, totally. And I think, you know, it was also kind of, we used to live in apartments um, and never on the first floor. So always having to take your bike down and then get on the street and then go, it's just like another hassle. So since moving into a house, you know, the first thing you do, like you can leave your backyard and you're on the street already. So I think that was also a big thing for me. And just having a space to store multiple bikes or a big bike is also really nice, um, which I didn't have that luxury before. So that's also been a big change. I feel like I'm taking notes. Bike storage too. Yes, yeah. bike storage is really yeah, yeah. Because you well, can only okay. fit so much in a tiny apartment. Like, that's right. We have the that's racks right. that were flat against the wall, but that's two. Like then, then you're done. <laughs> well, and you know, depending on where you live, you might not feel super comfortable with whatever the apartment or rental place is yep. providing for bike storage. Like you know, you because you you especially if you're using it for transportation, you can't yep. worry about your bike not being there. You know. Yep. Yep. And we've totally had a bike stolen at our last apartment. So it's just yeah. like, it's a big blow. You're like, dang it. That's my mode of transportation. Yes. So, well, can you describe a little bit, uh, or not a little bit, can you talk about the content that you've been, um, making and sharing on TikTok? And I know you also share it sometimes on other platforms. Um, but primarily you're sort of creating like TikTok style videos, right? And using their like content creation. And uh, we were, before you got here, we talked a little bit about TikTok. Some folks who uh, listen uh, might not be super familiar with it or just know it's something that, you know, the youth, 
are doing. Yes, so can the you, youth are on it. <laughs> can you talk a little bit about TikTok and then also the kinds of stuff you're creating there and like how that kind of fits or matches? Yeah, totally. So I think, you know, TikTok is interesting because it seems like people are doing some really cool editing, really intense level of video production. And really the magic of TikTok is how they clip their videos for you and sync it to a song. And once I figured that out, I was like, oh, this is great. Like I always thought, you know, I have a background in video production. I did at a university of Portland. Like I have a a regional Emmy. And I was like, these people are so good. Like, how are they doing it? No, it's the app. So the app will do a lot of the heavy lifting for you, which once I figured that out, I was like, oh, I should make some cool travel videos. I love to watch travel videos. Um, so that's where it started. We took our bikes on the train to Seattle um, in July. Um, and we hadn't done it before. We took them to Vancouver, BC, much more flat and reasonable. Seattle, I was always a little hesitant, but, you know, so I filmed the weekend and it was really cutesy video and I got like 600 followers or 600 views. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Like TikTok is awesome. Um, and so I kind of played around with what type of content I wanted to make. I wanted it to be car free, just kind of this idea of romanticizing this lifestyle. I've heard so many times, time and again, time and again, why don't you have a car? Why, why do you have a, why don't you just get a car? Like, just get a car. Like so much more work, like all these like negative things about it when truly there's so much beauty in riding your bike. Like it's a really cool mode of transportation. And so I think I just wanted to highlight the things I see the activities I can get to and what I can carry on my bike. And so that's kind of what it's turned into. Um, and TikTok is interesting in that you can kind of get on these like channels, like TV channels. So some people are on a very different channel than other people. And so the channel that I'm on is people romanticizing their life. Just like the small daily things that you get so bored of that you're like, I hate this. People are just making it look beautiful and glorious. Um, and so I just started doing that with like going to the grocery store, like let's go to Trader Joe's and something I most of the time get really annoyed with people and I get really annoyed how much stuff, it, how much stuff my groceries weigh, like all that kind of stuff. I just decided to make it very glamorous and put a cutesy song and, and that was like what the people loved and <laughs> the people wanted to see that. So I've continued making those types of videos and just the ways that we get around without a car and how easy it can be. Um, I think soon I'll get into how frustrating some things can be and kind of shine a light on the people who are interested of like some things that you might encounter. But I think for now it's mostly just how fun it can be and just getting people more excited and motivated. Yeah. It's, it's so some of the ones that I've uh, seen that you've made are like, yeah, like going to Trader Joe's, you did one about going to Astoria. Uh, yeah. 
you you just got back from a trip to New York and it looks like you yep. spent a lot it, I, I was gonna say you it looks like you spent a lot of time on city bike maybe you only spent <laughs> minutes on city bike you made a really nice video about it um I'm trying to think yes. oh, what was, there was one little video you had about like bringing home something like a, yeah uh, like just, oh yeah, we picked up a rototiller and brought yes. it home in a burly. It was the right. perfect fit, like the perfect fit. It was so good. But and I so love my, it. Yeah, just because you're like I've I've made that's, content that's the out of bringing for home that, for this episode is the rototiller <laughs> on the bike. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> well, and so yeah, what I what I like is it really yeah you were really like kind of glamorizing things that a lot of us who are on our bikes do and maybe even enjoy a lot of the times but we don't think of them as uh, you don't always feel glamorous riding your bike totally. to Trader Joe's um well so can you and so I have a lot of questions about this and one is that yeah so you're kind of creating these like there's almost like a theme not the bike part but the sort of like sort of day in the life kind of yeah or, yeah I would um, say very similar to that yeah just like a glimpse into how I live this life because I think so many people have questions about it of like wow I wish I could do that I get comments all the time that are you're living the life that's the dream <laughs> and I'm very flattered but I'm also like there's ways you can do this. So you're a thing like dream, I try to post to the, is like go to the grocery store. You're living the dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're living the right? dream. You, you go can to go the to the grocery store too. <laughs> you can you do, do it too. And Follow along. Kind of, <laughs> and that's what I kind of respond is like, you could do it too. Like, here's how I got started. It's like a very small trip gets you excited about it. You see how easy it can be. And then just start adding more and more and more trips till you don't need to get in your car, like sit and be angry in traffic. Like just start small. You don't have to get rid of your car today, maybe next week, but. <laughs> well, and this is what's really interesting. Okay. So this content is resonating and connecting with people who don't already bike, right? That's what you're saying. Yes and no. I definitely have gotten some people reaching out to me who live in Portland, which is also very exciting. The TikTok algorithm is very good and will connect you yeah. people in your area. Um, but they live in Portland and they're either not comfortable enough to ride in the city or they just don't know where to go. So they're like, hey, can we go on a bike ride? Like, love to hang out with you. So there's that group of people. And then there's definitely the group of people that's like, I wish I could do this. I wish I lived near Trader Joe's. I wish I was close enough. I wish I was in a city that had bike infrastructure, things like that. So it's kind of a mix of both, which is exciting and interesting. Um, but Well, and the thing is, there could be folks who could do that, and now they will sort of realize that they can, even if it's just yes. because they need to go to a friend's house who lives half a mile away or something like that. So, well, and yeah. this is why, I mean, you and I sort of were, well, I don't, we weren't, it was via Twitter, but like I referred to the stuff that you were making as glorious bike propaganda. And then so I thought, good. yeah, yeah. Cause it's just, it's like, um, and the other thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, it seems I'm going to guess that the kind of content that you're creating is uh, like the audience for that is probably more women rather than men. Definitely. And that that's kind of the style that 
this content is appealing to. And that what was and younger people, obviously, just because you're on TikTok and which is a platform generally, you know, old folks like Aaron and me are on there sometimes, but the content creators and the viewers are primarily <laughs> younger folks. And um, so that's really interesting because you know, the bike world is so male dominated and I don't know about age wise, but it's, it was really exciting to me that you were creating these videos that are like making this thing that I would love for more young people, especially young women to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's a big part of it, right? I don't think I assumed a lot of women would respond, but I think I've, I've been kind of looking for that network of people. Um, and I think I've kind of found it in this weird internet community that might become a reality if I meet them in person. Um, but yeah, out of in the last month I have 1400 followers. It's like, that's amazing. And 98% of them are women, um, which is huge, like a huge number of women. And it's, empowering and women are lifting each other up in the comments and just like loving it and it makes me really excited and I'm trying to think of like how can I maybe make it seem more accessible or truly make it more accessible for these women to get on a bike get into a bike and be able to navigate themselves around so I've started sharing some of the things that like made me more comfortable biking around got a phone mount for my phone on my bike, which seems like a silly thing, but truly like for me to navigate by myself, I needed directions. And now maybe I don't need them as much, but it was definitely an entry thing that got me more confident in going on a bike ride alone. Um, So just sharing like tiny things like that or wearing shorts under a dress, which Marley taught me and never going back. Like a small thing that doesn't take away like, me as being like a feminine person um but i can still be a biker also which is like the ideal world i think well right and like you get someplace and there you are and you still are wearing your cute outfit and you're still just doing the things you'd normally do and so yeah. you're not you're not like showing up like and it, you're it's not because there's a lot of content for women that's very fitness focused but this and yes. this is like active lifestyle focus yes so it's very different and it seems like really sort of inclusive well like i i suspect that there are a lot of women who can look at you and say Say, oh, I can do that too, which is yeah. Like, Isn't great. that great? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like I saw your video and I was like, I want to go to Trader. And I like, <laughs> I go to the grocery store on my bike all the time. Yeah. It never <laughs> seems so exciting. I was like, oh. but how cute, right? Look at this yeah. video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do, I do think the one thing I need to work on is maybe I've had some people say, I wish I was really close to Trader Joe's and could bike there. And I don't know how to break it to the TikTok community that it's almost a 10 mile round trip trip to go to Trader Joe's. Like it's not, I'm in North Portland, you know, Trader Joe's in Hollywood is quite far and it's not a quick thing, but I think a 30 second video kind of makes it seem like really quick and easy, which I do enjoy it. But so I think I want to kind of also be a little more realistic about how much I'm biking and how much I'm traveling and maybe sneak into that realm a little, but 
until then, I think. Yeah, like maybe, maybe you could sort of show like all the things you could do one day by bike and you could show like little, see, now I'm like, let me give you ideas. But yes, like, yes, I you need could the show, <laughs> yeah, like if you sort of showed on a map, like, you know, not specifically, like I went from here and then to here and here and then all together in my day, it was, you know, X number of miles, right? Because you can yeah, end up. Yeah, yeah going pretty far. Yeah. I think, I think people would be really interested to know that because it might help them realize that like, no, you're not like they are think probably thinking, Oh, she lives in Portland and she lives, uh, in Northwest. she gets to go on a protected bikeway, half a mile to the grocery store or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right? And that's yeah. not what you're doing at all. Yeah. I do film on the protected bikeways because safety. Um, so there's <laughs> that part of it. I'm not filming it on interstate or anything. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I think there's more things I want to explore doing and more ways. I just want to motivate people and make them see how accessible it truly can be. And then how much it can grow your life in a different direction, um, which it totally has done for me. And do you get information on like how many people are like viewing your content too? So you said you have like mm-hmm. 1400 followers, but then you will know like if a certain video is getting a lot more views than that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can see the, the silly one to Trader Joe's has like 40,000 views, yes, which is like it. amazing. <laughs> I love it so much. And some of the more like day to day ones have a couple thousand. Um, but then it's really about like that people interacting in comments or you can see how many people share it. You can't see who, but you can just see the people are excited to share it and send it to their friends or post it on another social media platform. So you can kind of see some data. I'm trying to figure out more and how to I don't know, get better at it because I'm still learning. I'm an old person on TikTok in a way too. <laughs> like 26 you're like, years old. And yeah, I was going to say you're, yeah, for folks can't see you. You're, yeah, you're 26. You're, yeah, yeah. you're young to many of us, but maybe relative to the average TikTok yes, person. You're, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that, so have you heard, I mean, so do you feel like you're hearing from people who are like, yeah, maybe I will get on my bike? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those are the comments that just like warm my little heart and just like make me so excited to just like make another silly video. Like I just, that is, that's the best. I made one about, we um, took over the farmer's market ride for Hami Romani mm-hmm. on the rainy weather day because there was another event. Um, and actually um, a girl I met via TikTok and her partner came to the ride and braved it through just torrential downpour that morning. Um, and, you know, I posted the video and it was great meeting her in real life and super fun, great people. And somebody responded to the video. I almost didn't go out in the rain today. And then I saw this and felt guilty that I was going to let the rain stop me. And I was like, yes, yeah. like that's what, if that, if one person does that on every video, like, huge win like huge win um so even if it's not the portland community i think just the biking community at large like that's that's a win all right next one changing a flat okay well to be fair i can't change my own flat so (laughs) i need to learn (laughs) that's you know what though like i'm not saying that you should make a video about not changing your own flat but like 
also, you know, like it, we don't have to have a super high, you don't have to be able to like build and repair your whole entire bike sure. just to be able to, you know. Yeah. And some people ask me the specifics about my bike and I'm like, this is how many gears, this is how many speed options. Like these are the things I know there's shocks up here. That's all I know. Um, and so just to be like frank about like the knowledge I have, I'm not trying to be a bike expert or, you know, but I did get a flat on the Burnside Bridge, um, inconvenient location, yeah. shocking. Like, I think only I the Hawthorne would be the worst location. Right? Yeah. I was in the middle. It was like a glorious day. I was going to film some content. It's like, this is so cool. And then I was just like really mad about the location of the flat. So I didn't film it, but I almost should have because I didn't have any gear with me. I was just going to Powell's. Like I didn't have anything. So I and walked you- to the closest bike store, REI. They fixed it for free, which is super nice. So I learned like that little trick. I was like, this is great. Like if REI is nearby, like hit them up, you know, like if you're in a sticky situation, there's definitely options. So yeah, I think highlighting some of that is not never a bad thing. Yeah. Knowing well, the location or no, or thinking to look up the location yeah. of bike shops, if you have a breakdown, I think is totally it's fine. I'm yeah. Aaron, what were you going to say? The audience engagement that would say like, Oh, I wish I got a flat. <laughs> right. I wish that was where I got oh, my flat. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you do. Jenna makes getting a flat on the Burnside Bridge look so glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think, yeah. I think that's great. And I think it's uh, any, you know, any anything, any way that, that we can sort of like show, th- I don't know, sometimes it just takes, you know, like I, th- I think um, All Bodies on Bikes is a great example, right? Mm-hmm. Like you watch that, they're super cool women riding bikes. And, uh, you know, a friend of mine told me that she, she was off bike camping one weekend and she said that she basically had, she had been bike camping before, but she had, or camping with her bike, I should say, but basically she said she watched that and then was like packed and went out. Gotta do it. It was super motivating. It's so So. inspiring. And, you know, I've met Marley in real life and hung out with her and she's just like such an inspiring person. And to see another person in a big body doing like extreme athleticism, what she does is she's an athlete. Like that's not the type of biking I do, but like she's so inspiring and motivating. And I'm just like in awe of her and Kaylee, like super inspirational. And so if I can have any type of effect on someone else that they had on me, like that is just, that would be like incredible. And I also think it's, it's good that, you know, you can sort of identify yourself as a bike person in a range of different kinds of ways of biking, right? Like it, it's not just because, you know, you're a roadie going on, I don't know, 40 mile super Mm -hmm. fast rides on the weekends, right? Like it might be because you're on your e-bike going to, you know, wherever, or or, or riding your bike around in New York when you go on vacation, because that's a good way to see the city. So I think it's the best way to see any city. Like I highly recommend look up the city you're going to either rent a bike or use the bike share. Um, I went to San Diego and rented a bike through Pedigo. Super great experience. Just like highly recommend getting around town via bike is just such a great way to see it all. 
I'm filled with regret for how I've wasted my summer, but I guess I still have <laughs> time to plan <laughs> for next summer. So yes, well, New York is still in full swing, and the bike boom is wild there. I mean, me and my Tell husband us. were yes, me and my husband and I were in New York. Unfortunately, March 2020, um, poor timing. Uh, the first weekend of the shutdown is when we were there. Um, so we rode bikes there, but we only rode them through Central Park. Um, and there was maybe two e-bikes. Um, they have a big mix of like non-e-bikes and then the couple e-bikes. And now they use the same system as Bike Town here. Um, so we found a couple, rode around Central Park, super cool. And then I don't really think we saw any other bikes on the streets. We walked everywhere, took the subway, really enjoyed our time, but we didn't bike at all after that. The second we get off the subway this time, this last week, just bike lanes everywhere, like protected bike lanes, bike roundabouts, tons of bike turn, like everywhere you could think of. It was so good and there were so many bikers out um i don't know if we just got there on like the most perfect weekend or what but you know people were saw a ton of e-bike um food delivery service just filled within the bike lane and they're just cruising like throttle down just <laughs> zoom in which is a little a little scary but I think there's definitely power in numbers now. Um, and I think overall, New York is just so much more spatially aware. You're either walking all the time, crossing busy streets. If you're driving, you're driving past tons of people all the way, like all the time. So I think, you know, that combination of people being already so spatially aware and then adding in a bike lane, the only person, the only one, one scare encounter was with a person who was on her phone, didn't listen to me dinging my bell didn't move, just stared at me and there was a bad incident, but that was it. Um, there was no, I wasn't scared of any cars hitting us. You know, they were really, really good about waiting for us to cross and things like that. So it was really exciting and just felt so good to get around. That's so interesting to be able to see all those changes in the same city from in yeah. basically a year and a half. I mean, it's like you can hear about all of this infrastructure going in um, and it's can be a little bit harder to appreciate in your own town if it's going in, you know, but, but that's, yeah. that's pretty yeah, great. I think, I think in our, you know, we see the slow transformation of like the bikes, uh, what is it? Uh, the, the greenway, yeah. The two-way bikeway. What's that called? A cycle track. The cycle, cycle track, track on Greeley. Like that took mm -hmm. so long. So now that it's here, I'm like, I don't even want to go over there. Like I hate it over there. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure like people in New York probably similarly felt that way about some of the cycle tracks. But yeah, it's really cool to see just in that short time. Like the bike boom is huge, 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 huge. That's encouraging that like the infrastructure followed in the bike boom is not just about like people buying more bikes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there were maybe two streets that we were on that didn't have a bike lane, um, which is pretty good. And one of them, it did have a bike lane. It was just on the other side of the street and we didn't see it because it was way too high. It was like way, because they're all like mostly parking protected. 
Um, so it's kind of hard to see them if you're getting off a street that doesn't have a bike lane. So that's the only thing is like kind of like, I would say my husband and I are pretty bike savvy. So, you know, making these crosses from different bike lanes to bike lanes, I think it would take a little bit getting used to, but otherwise like super good, super good wayfinding too. tons about bike route, um, signage and everything is really great. That's, um, that's great to hear. That's, that's really great to hear. I, I, um, have been a bit frustrated at times that Portland has not sort of continued adding as much bike infrastructure. Although, you know, like the bridge that's about to go in, Aaron and I were talking about that before over 84, there's, Mm -hmm. there's some good big projects, but, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a nice reminder that what I'm just because I feel like Portland is a little stagnant. doesn't mean that everywhere else is that many cities are. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we, my husband and I are from Boise, Idaho. Um, and he used to bike from far west Boise into um, downtown Boise. And that was unheard of, like super dangerous, probably no bike lanes, probably shouldn't have been doing it. But now (laughs) there are bike lanes all over downtown Boise, not that many people using it yet. So I think, you know, chicken before the egg, I don't know. But Boise even is changing its infrastructure really slowly too which is also nice to see, but I think, you know, it's how like the towns respond to this and how people use them, like getting people activated. So I think there's a lot of factors in it, but I think slowly but surely, I think people are getting attached to the idea of biking as transportation and not just something you do once in a while and then forget about it and, you know. I'm pretty sure that what Boise needs is for more people there to watch your videos. Jenna bikes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, or maybe the city that's a uh, city of Boise, you know, like bike council or uh, tourism mm-hmm. board needs to, you know, like give you some freebies, bring you out there, have you do a little, <laughs> little inspirational romantic bike Boise camping. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know. Maybe we'll have to take our bikes over there and do a couple. Yeah. Little trips. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So, um, where can people find you? So, you go on on TikTok. It's Jenna Bikes. Is that right? Yep. yep. And then and- on Twitter is also Jenna Bikes. Instagram is Real Jenna Rose. Instagram is not as bike heavy, but. Real okay well we will content. link yeah we will link to that um and so you know your your content is primarily on tiktok but sometimes you're also sharing it in those other places and we will what i should get from you or a couple of your sort of like favorite videos and then we can um yeah. we'll share them maybe on our on our social media so I'm that people can get TikTok. an idea on this sp- yeah aaron okay. you've been doing a really great job <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think aaron's been on tiktok before so um so my, anyway my only experience with tiktok is uh every now and then anna will curate a reel for me and, it's delightful we'll, isn't it i we'll bet there's really on, good on a sunday morning yeah yeah <laughs> Well, um, uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll share some of your, some of your, uh, videos and uh, other places so that people can get a sense of the kinds of, of things.
things. And then, you know, maybe they will be inspired to create their own. Yes, yes. I would love that. If any of our podcast listeners decide to go on TikTok and create bike lifestyle videos as a result of Jenna, please let us know. And we will uh, <laughs> be delighted to hear that. I already have my that. first, I already have my first convert though. Hami Romani got a TikTok and started making TikTok videos. So check out his too. Oh, that's great. He was on the podcast all, just yeah. like a couple yeah. months ago now. So that's great. So that was you, huh? He was, yes. you inspired him. All right. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. It's, it's great to meet you. And I was really exciting to discover the work that you're doing. I think it was through Hami that I saw this. Or so, I yeah, can't I remember. So. who. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it's been really nice to talk to you and see what you're doing. And I hope to meet you in person someday. Thanks, Jenna. Thanks for joining okay. us. Yeah. Thank you. You're going to do it, Aaron. You're going to get on TikTok <laughs> now, aren't you? Do the sprocket TikTok. Man, yes. I don't I don't have the energy for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're I, like, does that mean I'd have to go somewhere on my bike and <laughs> film it? I I appreciate I want I I didn't quite know how to phrase this question, but I wonder how many people engage with Jenna with like, yeah, I go to the grocery store and I, I used to think it was a pain, but like you make it look so great. I I like going to the grocery store now. I like reinvigorated my my joy of those simple things. Yeah, I don't have a I don't have a good way of asking that question, but I I wonder if there there is that reaction on there. Uh, I for one, kind of like get a thrill out of carrying things on my bike that aren't necessarily you know that don't necessarily fit. I mean, you've seen me. Mm -hmm. you know, in yeah, yeah, that's strategy. right. When you had the like uh, the the case for the, some of our recording equipment, um, on your bike. And then it wasn't that. And then I, at the same time, didn't you take a, a plant home that I was giving away? Yeah, so you right. also had a plant. <laughs> I put a plant on top of it in the meantime as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've carried a few plants at a time on my bike. I've brought in some things are awkward, but, or just like they're shaped awkwardly. Yeah. Right. That can be pretty satisfying. That's yeah. That's, that's kind of part of what I like is like being able to like solve that problem. Right. Um, right. It's like yeah. Lego Legos kind yeah, of like yeah. fit, fitting or packing or Tetris or something. Like, how do you make this? How do you figure out the logistics of it all? That can. So now you're like, maybe I need a rototiller or at least to move one around. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking like, where would the, how could I do that? I think I would need to get like a Bach Feats, maybe. I don't know. I think they used a trailer. Ah, okay. I don't know. You'll, I was going to say you'll have to get to, on TikTok to find out, but I think they're just on Instagram. <laughs> She's uh, just on Instagram too. You can find it there. But we'll share some of the stuff and people can check it out. And then I think the thing that's funny is, I think for a lot of our listeners, like what she's doing, it's not that she's riding her bike or doing things on her bike that are different than what a lot of us are doing. And right. that's sort of the beauty of it is that, you know, she you can go is to the grocery store too. She's doing, it's a lot of the stuff that we are all doing. And then she's using the software to, or the social media platform to mm -hmm. kind of like make it into a story. 
Right. And uh, it just, it, you know, it's really, it's, it, it's super charming and compelling content. So it's pretty fun. And it's, cl- it's clearly going to be resonating. Well, cause the thing that was really interesting to me when I first saw her is that like, I think a lot of us who are bike folks and spend a lot of time, like, you know, advocating for more bike infrastructure and, and, you know, be very frustrating or like the kind of stuff I was talking about before where it's like, ah, these people are all mad about the new bike bridge going in. And then it's like, but then here she is sort of like making it into a whole like lifestyle content, right? Right. Like it's like creating demand. It's interesting because, you know, you were talking about the the comment section earlier, right? Right. How Mm -hmm. many of those people like in the comment section are like, yeah, bikes, man. And then, you know, <laughs> viewing those videos and are also like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I, I yeah. really like doing that thing. I'm going to try that, you know. Um, that's just how they sound when they say it. It, it is, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm gonna I want to try any, that too. <laughs> I'm going to read any and all comments we get on this episode in that voice now. I think that's, I think that's, I think, I think I'll, I'll uh, issue a challenge to our listeners to write some long comments. <laughs> write some very long wandering comments for Yeah. You know, in fact, in if voice. they want to email the sprocket podcast at, at gmail.com, you know, we'll uh, have Aaron read it. I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> and that voice. All right. On that note, I yeah. think it's. It's about that time. I suppose it is. The Sprocket Podcast is produced in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. Thank you, Emily. And uh, tell your friends about us. And I'll read it in a funny voice. Our website is (laughs) thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text 250-3847-9774. Twitter and Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Herp Bird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to the generous support of our Patreon supporters and listeners. Shadowfoot, Wayne Norman, Cameron Lean. Richard Wazenski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish. Eric Wise, Doug Cohen-Miller, Chris Smith. Caleb Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt. Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Drew the Welder. Anna. I thought you were going to say something. She's playing Animal Crossing, I think. (laughs) Andre Johnson, Richard G. (laughs) Guthrie Straw, Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Regranary. Campsite, Mac Nurse David, Jeremy Kitchen. David Belay, Tim Coleman, Harry Hugel. Each Jay Finner and Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skadow, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Jason Oftenberg, David Moore, Todd Grossbeck, Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Sean Baird, Simon Pace, Gregory Braithwaite, Dude Luna, Emma Rooks, Kaka, Kaka, Philip M. Spartandale, Mr. T, who never really left, Bike Initiative, Kiwana, Sarah G, Adam D. Go dig a hole. Beth Hammond. Greg Murphy, Myra Martinez, Oso. Isaac M. Byron Patterson. Kirsten Graham. Aaron G. Rachel Moline. Jimmy Diesel. Christopher Barnett. And our newest sponsor, Jonathan Lee. And thanks to all our former supporters who helped us along the way. That's right. Now, 
Brush your teeth. Go to bed. And don't graffiti a bridge. That that's And Brock, advice. tell us if you made it this far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have yeah, no night. no graffiti though. Yes, that's good that's night. illegal. That would be wrong. Don't No, we're don't definitely not encouraging law. you. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. And and eat your drink your milk. I don't I don't know. Take your vitamin D. Yes. Get your brain gear ready. It's happening. <laughs> don't take any wooden nickels. I don't know what that one's about. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I I actually knew the reference to that, but Yeah, I mean I know it from peanuts, but I, this is never I've never been offered a wooden nickel. No. No. I actually if somebody offered me a wooden nickel, I think I would take it. <laughs> oh yeah. Cuz cuz you were like, "Oh, those are the things that people told me about." Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then I could, you know, test other people with it. You know. <laughs> Wonder if it's like, you know, in that in that movie with with the 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 ring, that's what it is, where like if you give it to somebody, like now the curse is passed off of you but onto that other person. In the Lord of the Rings, so you could be like the Lord of the Wooden Nickel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I think we'll have to work on the title. <laughs> it kind of lacks some punch. A little but... bit, a little bit. <laughs> the curse, the curse of the wooden nickel. The curse of the wooden nickel. <laughs>